Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Mendel Up to North. What does he know? Does he know things? Let's find out. Also known as the Ben Phoenix <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I am James McSorley. I am not joined by Mark Schofield because he is on holiday. Um, hopefully having a nice time. I'm not even sure he knows this is happening. So, Mark, if you're listening to this for the sake of quality control, how's it going? Um, I am instead joined by, as previously mentioned, Mendel. Uh, Mendel, you're a repeat offender at this point. Welcome back. You're part of the furniture. Yeah, it's been a long time at this point. Yeah, when was the last I'm one? I'm well. What was the last one? I th- I almost feel like Tokyo. Or no. I think I did, t- I did a Tokyo episode with Mark when you were Yes, you did Tokyo with Mark and you did a going to Red Dragons with both of us, I think. Did you? And a, like a European one, but that was Europeans oh, in Madrid yeah. one. The Europeans one's probably it. Preview Europeans, yeah, probably. Mark would know this. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try and split the difference here between rounding up some of the games that happened last week in a bit of a strange, strange week where the Spanish league was meant to be off, but there were so many games postponed that there was just nearly a full slate. And then... A full week of German games? Or was there one? Well, there was more than a full week of German games because there were actually also some Pokal games, some cup games. This ah, we don't um, talk about For that. example, Hanover and Trier played twice. But we are not going to talk about the Pokal, so. No. Yeah, we, we love doing this thing where we pretend we're like above or against talking about certain games, but we're really just limiting the amount of work we have to do. But yeah anyway should we start in spain as we normally do or would you like to start in germany because it's relevant to you no i adjust me i adjust myself to the the schedule ah cool i do that but like personality wise uh does it make (laughs) does it make people like me more uh write in the comments no please don't cool so this one was vigo 72 uh fundacion aliados 61 and th- th- talking about this game is really just a jumping off point for me to ask you, have you seen what Oscar Knight has been doing in the Spanish league at all? Well, I, I have m- my main intel concerning the Spanish league is listening to the bench units every week. So I am very much up to date uh, on, on the Oscar uh, world tour. It's, um, it's just crazy. And like the the whole point of me bringing this up is he didn't play this game and they still beat by the lead somehow. Um, But yeah, like you lose it. Well, I say somehow it's that then the guy that normally is meant to have 20, 10 and 15 actually did. Um, Alejos with 27, 11 and 14. That'll take you home. (laughs) Most games when you have almost half the points of, yeah, I wonder how, how often that actually happens. But most, if you're, if you're scraping 30 and you play a game that gets to 60, you're probably, you're probably doing okay. Um, yeah, and I'm excited for Agustin to get a, to play to have such a good game again because definitely the start of the season I watched some of their games and well, it was interesting to see his team play very well actually, but him lagging behind a little bit. Um, yeah, in the scoring I department, like I would have bet happened. Like if you went, hey, no, uh, Alejos is going to struggle shooting the ball, and it always looks worse because like he has to shoot. 20 times a game that's just kind of how they're made up and he should like because he, he's done it for years and anywhere that they've gone it's because he's taken them there but this looks like a Vigo game of old where it's, he has 27 11 and 14 
the other four or five chips in with 20 and 10. Um, Gavilas has 15. Um, I'd love to know what on, but yeah, like you go, they win a game because the lighthouse goes nuts. Vilas goes 15 very efficiently, and their other big, which was Jason Betancourt at this point, 20 and 10. That's, yeah. It's like rolling back the years. Remember the days when it was like just Augustine and Romo, 30 each, but they'd get to like 70, and that would do them. Yeah. Oh, God. That makes me remember. That makes me think I've been doing this for too long with Mark when we're like, oh, remember four years ago when we talked about this thing, but we were just like, can these guys shoot 30 shots each? Yeah. I almost forgot that there was a bit where you guys didn't do this. Like my first season in Spain, I just had to do, had to actually be up to date myself on the Spanish league games. Yeah. I don't um, know. It comes to us for information. We kind of get it wrong enough that I don't think people should come. <laughs> Although, yeah, they're only one. That's that half, yeah. That's half the fun for me, James. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, I say it with my best mark impression, we have uh, Ami Reza with 25 points, which is a bunch. Yeah, Amareza Amadi, who took a little while to get here. Uh, they're still they're still missing Omid Hadi Azar, which is yes. um they're gonna be more of a problem when he shows up, but I don't I don't know what their lineups are gonna look like because like you gotta get gotta look gotta get a, a lot of guys in and one of them has to be Spanish. Um well they oh, have yeah. Jonathan Saria, who's a one, so like there you go, job done. Um but yeah, this guy, like, we're playing by the lead this week, so I'm kind of like, my thoughts on this team are, mind your business, I'll tell you next week. But, um, yeah, also, <laughs> yeah, my, thoughts on, my thoughts on other teams doesn't inform how we play, and it never has and never will, so it's okay. But, yeah, like, I don't know. If you're by the lead, you're kind of kicking around the lower end of the middle of the pack, and you get mm. to play Vigo without Oscar Knight, who's scoring 21 a game I think you'd want to be taking this one so a bit disappointing for them to not do it but yeah yeah just didn't have enough um run through the scores here apart from there so we had Adrian Perez with 12 um a couple of 10s from Yelmer and Matias Mendes I love how Yelmer gets first names which is like it's 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 a mark of respect not the other way around um, it's like LeBron, it's like LeBron gets one, like it's you know who LeBron is, um, yeah. Because there aren't many Yelmers and aren't many LeBrons, um. And yeah, Marlasri with four, and yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Ah, uh, wait, no, now I'm haven't had eight. She's she's playing well this year. It's, it's cool to see. Um, but yeah, and what I spare is Rodriguez, only other person who scored on that on the other team with two, apart from. We've already been through the rest of it, but yeah, cool. Let's move on. Sure. Oh, God. Right. Burgos, uh, 78. Bilbao, 81. Did you watch this? And do you have any <laughs> Do you have any advice? <laughs> <laughs> I watched no, it so yesterday. We were, we were chilling. Um, we were up 14 at halftime, was it? Something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. But well, we... I, I knew the score when I was watching, so I was very excited for the second half to, to start when I saw that you guys were up more than 10. Yeah, that's always a weird one where you're like, when does this... I, I love when you're watching a game that doesn't really look like what the score finishes as. You're like, when does this break? Like, when does this get weird? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was weird from the start. Like, I had not seen any Burgos this season. And, well, they start, obviously, like uh, Flaco, Gomez, uh, 
one of the Spanish guys that used to play for Susanak, whose name Garcia and Arredondo. Yeah, Arredondo and uh, and then Salis. Yeah, Yasmin Salis. Um, and it was just it was fascinating to watch, like the the fact that they have two very good like shot creators, I would say, in Flaco and and Gomez. Then them actually running power side, and then Arredondo on the weak side with the with the mono, which is like. Not the choice I would have made. I would have thought they would make, but then no. Arredondo just switches a free uh, a, th- a three pointer anyway. In like sometime in this first or second second quarter, I'm like okay, okay, like yeah, maybe this makes more sense. Yeah, I was talking to someone uh, on my team who was playing when played most of the game and looked at the stats after. <laughs> I was like, when did this guy have three threes? Like, must have just been like never defending on that side. But he would just like turn around, the ball would be up, and he didn't know who shot it. And <laughs> he'd be like. Is that him? Okay, but yeah, he can he can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a weird one because they used to run fairly exclusively Gomez, Salis on the weak side. And then yeah. coming up to playing them, obviously I was watching, well, I watch every game every week, but like I watched a couple of other games back to have a look and I was like, no, oh, these guys kind of mix it up a little bit. They kind of move around. The only things that are fairly consistent is Yasmin will go to the um, left block and Flack will have the ball on the right wing and everything else is sort of movable. But as you say, I would, I don't know if I was running their stuff, I would sort of be semi-prescriptive about how we sort of spread things out. But what I know, they scored 80 against us. So Well, that's the thing about like playing in any prescriptive way. Like they take shots that baffle me. Like one of the first shots that Flacco takes is like, I think that he takes two out of his four, first four or five shots. He has like his backcaster on the three-point line. Yeah, he loves and that. He just... <laughs> but this guy's the um, author of my favorite shot selection of all time. Like that Copa del Rey game. On his team, that's an eye. No, no. Like I, I do wonder if there are certain guys that you have to kind of take everything as a whole. And it's like, if this guy's going to go nuts for us every so often, he's going to take some wild ones. Like it's my, my Rose Hollerman should take five bad shots in 40 minutes doctrine but extended yeah. to but like five not ten <laughs> um I like I think there's a certain amount of guys that make enough shots that you're like all right cool you gotta like you gotta just shoot these like I don't know if we're gonna get it much of a chance to talk about Grand Canaria but um like Giddy Dan and I has got that got to that point with Grand Canaria this year where it's like shoot whenever you see the hoop like yeah. <laughs> these are all going it's fine but um yeah, man. So we were up 18, apparently, at one point. We come out in the third quarter wow. with, so I sit and watch for two quarters. We come out in the third quarter with our mids lineup and we lay an egg. We're minus six in about seven minutes, I think. Um, coach kind of puts starters back in and we steady the ship ever so slightly. And I kind of thought there was a point mid fourth quarter that we were going to be able to just take it home without any real difficulty. But then they go, Flacco has two threes down the stretch. We have an yeah. underneath our basket that we throw to. Oh no, we catch an offensive bo- or defensive board, and the outlet pass goes to someone who's wearing blue uh, or oh, white. I, I can't remember what they were wearing, um, but yeah, goes to someone who doesn't play for us. Uh, they run a layup in, and we make it a little more complicated for ourselves. But Asier makes two free throws down the stretch. Um, also, we were in the bonus. Uh, Last play of the game, they needed a three. Um, do you foul 
in that scenario. You, Mandel, up to north. Run me through the scenario one more time. You guys uh, were up. We're up three in the bonus. Their sideline out of bounds with 10 seconds-ish. It wasn't that, but that is the scenario I'm putting to you. Yeah. They have, a, they have a last shot of the game. They're yeah, I would, I would for sure, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I think we tried to, and then it's one of those where if you go to foul early and they don't make contact or enough contact for the ref to blow the whistle, and then you get to that point where it's like, hey, they're going to shoot this at some point, so if I touch them, we might be in trouble. I wonder if then do you just play good defense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. thing is to not get out of position as well. Like, try to reach too much, get out of position. They don't call anything, and now they have actually a good look, and you're screwed. Yeah. I always feel it's always, like, almost embarrassing when you go to, like, file in a certain scenario and you don't get a call. Because you're like, I, I promise you, I tried. <laughs> like, I did, yeah. the, I did the right thing. It didn't come off. But yeah, so we got away with one there, and we've had a a fair few like tight games and we've kind of pulled most of the ones out that we should um we've had games where we've collapsed like Alunion have beaten us twice when we were up double figures uh obviously Mercia was the one we didn't get away with um but what do you call the opposite of a comeback uh, a collapse potentially well uh, yeah okay but you guys are I'd call it crap in the bed but yeah <laughs> A give back, um, the return. Yeah, we kept we got up twelve, but we kept the receipt, so we brought it back. Um, no, it's yeah, it's it's a weird pattern, and obviously internally we're trying to figure out what the deal is. And I think any of this stuff, like I'd love it to all just be X's and O's, like nuts and bolts stuff that you could fix with basketball stuff. But there's a little bit of like when you get into tight games a certain amount of times in a row, like I don't know if you're up eighteen and they go on a six nil run and you've given up. Double figure leads last couple of weeks. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Mm. I can't speak for the rest of the guys, so I have no idea. But yeah, figuring it out. I'm kind of Pat will be here post Christmas. That might make it slightly easier to figure out. Yeah. So one more game with that Pat now. I think so. I don't like. I don't know his flight details, but like I imagine okay. post Christmas was yeah. kind of the idea. Like I don't know okay. how easy it is to get here from across the Atlantic in terms of. No, that's fair. Logistics, but yeah, um, post Christmas was what I heard. But also, like, that's the luck. May is also post Christmas. Like, we're post last Christmas. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, no, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. Shall we get moving, or do we run through stats here? We have not run through stats, so we'll do that. Um, okay. Gemma was leading scorer for us 26 points on some very efficient shooting if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um we also had asier with a mental 14 11 and 22 assists uh julio uh with 18 um manu with 19 uh i had two david had two uh yeah that was it uh other side of the ball um Christian Gomez with 24, 9, and 4. Um, Flaco Martinez with 21, 2, and 6. Um, Alejandro Garcia. Uh, also, yeah, the, the battle of the Garcias. Did you did you realize that was a thing? You know, they're Garcia and our Garcia, not Asier, the other one, our brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, him, yeah, and, I know that. him and Asier who yeah. are 22 years apart in age or something. No. <laughs> um, 8, 3, and 4. Uh, Yasmin with 6. I think she was 3 from 3 on her layups. Um, I was really impressed. 
she has some quick like her 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 shots are quick. Yeah. Cuz so we had like they like there are times watching the other games that they kind of don't throw the ball in there even when they should. So we were kind of going into this game being like are they going to are they going to send it inside? Let's let's find out. And they did. Uh, yeah, so we had to figure that out. But yeah, Martin and Edondo with 19, 8, and 4, including, I think, three threes. Yep. I'm saying I think because I've got I've got you on the video on this split screen, so I'm only seeing half the, <laughs> only seeing half the stats. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Should we get moving? Mendel, what was let's the next game? The next game is Gran Canaria. Uh, against Joventut, where Joventut scored 50 points and Gran Canaria 68. Nice. Did you watch much of this? Uh, this Zero uh, minutes. Ramonet-less um, Gran Canaria. Ah. Yeah, that was... I don't know whether he was, like, ill or if they had, like, national team stuff. I have no idea. But, yeah. Um, okay. But no, but there were other French guys playing, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, weird, but, yeah, I don't know why he was missing but I think if you think back to our Grand Canaria times if you just unplug Jorge Sanchez from some of those lineups we'd be a bit like oh what do we do here <laughs> um, well, luckily have, they have Katie what's that yeah thank god they have Katie Danda now with 25 11 and 8 did you just flash back a little bit did you see Grand Canaria Mercia from a couple of weeks ago Um, parts of it yes did you see the end when it was like, oh, Mercy are up by so many. This is going to be fine. And then she hit three threes in a row. And it was like, yes. Tied game. Um, I watched that live, actually. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, oh, that was nice. You got a chance to watch that live. But That was exciting. Yeah, so this was... This was weird. Like, this kind of just... There's been a... Juventud have hung around with a couple of teams now. And I'm like, is is this real? Or... Like, like, is this real, or are other teams just doing what they need to to get in there and then get back out? Or you know what I mean? Mm. It's a weird thing. Like, we'll talk, like the the next Juventud game. I was like, how have how have Mercy and not just blown the doors off them? But they have guys who can score. Like, um, and they've also got rid of Roberto Mena, which is weird. They've got rid of him and they've started playing better, and that can't be. I mean that 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 can't be causation necessarily, but like, it's interesting. It is interesting. But yeah, I don't know. This was, yeah, as I say, I wonder if teams kind of go there and give it a sort of middle of the road sort of shot, and that's enough to get them over the hill. But yeah, yeah, it's almost a twenty point win anyway, and like, yeah. I assume they were happy to get out of there. Yeah, exactly. Get in, get done, get gone. Um, it's cool to see, um, obviously, one of the knock-on effects of um, guys being missing is like other people play a little bit more. It was cool to see Cotherina play nearly 40. Definitely. Because uh, he kind of hasn't... I don't know like whether they like had certain lineups in mind when he was going there and then they signed other people or whatever, but he hasn't played as much as I kind of thought he was going to, but... Yeah. Um, to run through the stats, uh, I have sort of some thoughts on Joventut, but it's more relevant to the next game. I think this knocked all of my Joventut thoughts. I don't like the next game knocked all of my Joventut thoughts out of my head for this game. But yeah, save for next game. Cool. Uh, Dandana, Katie Dandana with 25, 11, and 8, 
followed by uh, Salazar with 17, Cazarina with 14, um, Gareth Estepchuk with 8, and twos from David Hernandez and Basti Kolb. Um, other side of the ball, Mendel, do you want to do? Do you want to do the honours? No. Okay. Will you? <laughs> if you force me, I have a. Uh... Who's this guy? Oh, that's uh, Fabian Castilla with uh, with fifteen points. Uh, we have Jose Elite and Gustavo Villavane, both with fourteen. Um, and that was everybody who had double figures. We had. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Fabian Castillo, who walks or who pushes around dribbling and pointing for picks with the other hand, even though you can't move your chair <laughs> at the same time. Um, I lo- I love it so much. Um, do you think Villafanya is looking at him, being like, "Oh man, you've got them both. Like, please just use them both. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff I have to do with these two arms, like with this one arm, and you're getting that." But yeah. Um, yeah, he must be fed up with anybody having two hands and just fucking things up in general. Like, it's so impressive what he does. Yeah. Like, we had a little clip of a shot that he took that went into a WhatsApp group that me, you, and Mark had uh, or have. And, yeah, it's just completely insane. Like, dribbles off a pick, kind of flicks his hips into a post-up. He misses it, but I was like, what is going on? Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Just some stuff that I wonder if you kind of impose that sort of limitation on a player for a week where they figure some stuff out that they really struggled to because they didn't have to think a certain way. That'd be interesting. I like that. Not interesting enough to tie someone's arm up for a week, but yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so this one, so this was Mercia 61, Joventut 57. So my thoughts on Joventut here, and maybe it kind of leads into Fabian Castilla being their coach and point guard and sort of sun and moon and stars. Um, mm-hmm. There was a point where, so Mercia got up big enough and then there was a bit of a comeback from Zioventut. So Mercia went, all right, cool. We're not going to go back to our starters for some reason, but we are going to press. And they went to their press lineup and they had Fabian Castilla trying to dribble his way out of, their press and like Jose Leap's on the floor. Like if you want a uh-huh. double amputee South American that can dribble his way out of most things, like you've got you've got you've got him. Like what? I don't know. Like it, it's reductive, but it's like there's a thing that teams do where or thing that I'll do where I'll look at the way certain teams play and I'm like yeah, I would probably change some things about how you're going about things. But even if I didn't, like, even if you're determined to dribble your way out of this, like, yeah. the same thing, but in a different configuration would work better. Like, I can't think of yeah. it over the time where teams run stuff. And I'm like, I don't like what they're running. But, even, like, if you're going to do it, this is not even, like, optimized. But No. But, yeah. Is it correct that he had zero points, Castilla? Could be, yeah. That's what the stats say. Yeah. I don't have any reason to not believe it. Once again, this has been oh, a while. If but... only he scored five points. Oh, yeah. They'd have been in business. If only. Imagine if he had 100 points. They'd have been even better. <laughs> if we're going to play that game. But, yeah. Um, well, 
also a little weird that they only Mercia only played Lalo for fifteen odd minutes. Um, was it files or anything? No, it wasn't. Like, a, I don't know. Weird. Nope. Like there was a point yeah, where it's like, very surprising. They get into get into a bit of a scrap uh, in a in a game like this, and they don't go back to their starters. Like they went to their press lineup, and I know they're kind of live or die by pressing. It's kind of their thing, but. I don't know. There's a point where you just go back to your starters, don't you? I would think so. Especially Lalo had an amazing week last week, right? Didn't he like 20 points in the first half against Gran Canaria? Yeah, I think so. Two weeks ago? Yeah. But man, they so. were up 24 at one point. Um, yeah, once again, I don't know if just... I think a lot of the reasons... I was talking to someone about this recently. I think one of the reasons that I'm like, I don't understand this is because I'm used to certain patterns and they're being blown out of the way by the fact that the middle of the pack teams are better than they ever were. Like, Burgos are a better newly promoted team than I've seen since I've been in Spain, and you've probably seen since you've been in Spain or Germany or France. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, super weird, but yeah. um, It's kind of tough if you're Joven and you put these two performances in against teams that it doesn't really get you there. Um, yeah. If they did this against Burgos, Getafe, two weeks in a row, they'd be safe. But, yeah. Hopefully they can build on this. Fingers crossed. Um, you want to go through the stats? Ah, I just closed the tab. Do you want to go through the stats? <laughs> well, you want, Russia has a very... Uh, do, do you want to get your hand uh, Do you want to get your hand out of in front of your mouth? Because it's, in fact, it's affecting the sound quality. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, that was that, um, that sounded really like. Well, what did you do? You want to know? No, no. <laughs> Mercy has side. We have a large spread of, a spread of scores. So uh, Lee Fryer top scoring with fourteen. Pablo Zarzuela with twelve. Pete Kuzak with eleven, and then eight, six, and six from Beatrice Udaire, uh, Dio Carbo, and uh, Lalo. Then four points from Joaquin Robles. Um, yeah, so lots of people scoring. Um, yes. And then on Joventut's side, we have uh, Bernal Cole with 14 points, Villavagne 17, Leap 17, and Lorenzo Embo 7. And then two points from Van Leach. Lorenzo Embo, who, when this game was getting kind of close, hit a stationary three near the end of the shot clock, which is just like... Wow, it would, it would kill you if it was anyone else, but like that's how he shoots them. <laughs> yeah, shooter known. Yeah, uh, what a guy! I love that. But all right, uh, as is customary to ask to my co-host, shall we move to Germany? I'm already here, James. Cool, that's super nice. Um, you need to show me your place, but we'll we'll do it post podcast. <laughs> I'll be completely insane if we just take like a podcast break sponsored by MTV Cribs. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I just see what's in my fridge. Yeah, that just reminded me of a brief point where one of my ideas for this podcast was to like make up a sponsor every week, but I didn't want to run out of steam, so I didn't start. Um, didn't want it to go badly, so I didn't start. I didn't follow through on my ideas because I was worried about executing them. Ah, sad. But anyway, right. So we're going to start with uh, you, so you can talk to us about this game a little more than I'm going to talk about it. Um, we spotted forty-eight, uh, Landil sixty-five. So Mendel, yeah, so obviously this was, was that? yeah, this was one of our of the big games of the first half of our season, and 
I've been really impressed by by the Rhinos this season, like the way they move the ball and like yeah, you and Mark have discussed it, but um, the way they just play simple, simple basketball with lots of shooters, lots of ball movement is really exciting to me and it reminds me of the good old times we used to have on Gran Canaria a long time What's ago. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, we were we were very much very focused this week and. Who was most focused definitely was Matas Kuntner because he was on a tear this whole week. And it was very, very exciting to not be on the receiving end for that uh, on, on oh, Sunday. Really? Oh, yeah. X-team. I kind of forget about that. Also X-team. Yeah. I like doing that where you're like, if this guy didn't leave the team that he was on, how good would they be? Like, they, they, they're they kind of missing. Well, a lot of teams would do a, would, would do well for a Guntner, but Yeah. So for context, so Matas had 26 points. 13 of 19 shooting. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, How many do you have? on our Mendel? side. Uh, what did you say? How many do you have, Mendel? Six? I had seven points, James. Ah. Are you trying to give me shit for this? Um, Stop swearing on the podcast. No. Um, no, I just I saw that you were three from six, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good numbers. But I wanna, just it's just funny to be like, hey, Mendel. While we're talking about what people had, and if someone has twenty six, you probably don't need to. Don't That's need the to thing. Like, there else, are, there, yeah, there are games here for Landale where, like, I can focus more on trying to create space for others and making sure they get the looks they need to to be successful for us. Um, and on Sunday, that was definitely uh, modest. Um, it was we had Burma with uh with eleven points, and I believe. 11 assists. We had 11 assists to our or our video analyst stats. These stats missed two, two assists to Tommy, which is shameful. Oh, um, especially if it takes him into double figures, which yeah. is between a good and a bad game, as the NBA would like you to think. <laughs> um, but exactly. Yeah. yeah, Tommy being able to sort of share the wealth while not shooting that well um, is good to see because there's a lot of guys that's like, I get my shots, then I get going there, and then I get jumped, and then I can go inside. But him being able to, you guys playing in a way that he can kind of throw the ball around and get other people going while not shooting a super high percentage is is cool. It's a good sign, probably. Yeah, I've been very impressed by Tommy's Tommy's ability to to change to dial his scoring up or down or or his passing up or down uh, depending on on what what the game demands. So it's been very cool to see that. Um, I have a question about. You guys, first quarter, there was a point where you were just going basket for basket, more or less, where they, it seemed like it was just constantly like two-man game, power, um, ball to Mikey Pay, skip to Nico Dreimuller, weak side, cash. Was there any point that you were like, maybe we shouldn't just ride this out? Like, is there a temptation to go, like, is there a temptation to go, oh, he's going to get going? Because it there's a point where I felt like they were killing you with that, and then it's like, yeah, it looks really good, but they didn't score fifty in a game. Like, you know what I mean? Like he he split his, I think he went eight from sixteen for sixteen points, which is like great. But there was a point where it's like it looks like they're getting really good open looks, but never getting inside. Are you guys happy enough to kind of ride that out? Yeah. So our our priority for sure was to to make sure they don't get anything easy in the key. Um, which according to these stats, they actually they scored two points in the paints, which is gonna oh, <laughs> it's gonna mean they're gonna have a hard time, I think. Um guys, they're yeah, most important inside presence with six points. Um and like I was on that weak side often where Nico hit like the last shot, the the, the shot that ended the possession and 
I was pretty confident that like I I was just trying to dial in how aggressive I have to be getting around Jim Palmer uh, mm. to get to Nico. Like, and the first two times, like first time I was too slow. Second time I tried to get a little bit earlier, like take the risk. Maybe he, he drives with the ball or he gets a, he gets his feel. Um, but like, I was pretty confident that our rotations were, were on point and we could do them quicker. We would get better at, at our rotations and at, at getting out there quicker. So even though he hit some really tough ones that felt hard because like, we were rotating quite well and then they hit that last shot uh like down like 22 23 seconds into the, into the possession but yeah i was confident that we were gonna make those shots harder and harder as the game went on sure i think that's the thing as well like if someone hits a crazy like say you manage to you triple you quad over your tail one on the weak side you manage to get run like jim's a good screener um jim's a very good screener i think you manage to get around that and you get there and he makes it anyway. That feels like an absolute killer. But the reality of it is like, that's what you want them to shoot for 40 minutes. Like, like the, the, the shots that feel like they absolutely kill you, like don't win games physically anyway, statistically, like that's not a, like they've, they've made that shot and it's like, Oh, that was a hundred percent. But you're like, that's not, if they shoot a hundred of those, you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You're fine, but I think that's always a really weird one where it's like someone hits or like a mad circus shot with a mad finish and whatever, and it it's like an absolute backbreaker. But it's like it's fine. Like if we kind of don't overreact too much, because as you say, there's a world in which you're like he hits one, and the next time the ball gets to him, you're already on his footplate, and someone has a layup. You're like, oh well, I can't help anymore. I'm I'm just out of position. Like they need a quad from you because someone comes back and you're on the wrong side of Jim. All of a sudden, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, Shall we run through some scores on this? Ah, goddamn German stats. Uh, Mendel, you've got the good German stats. I do. So on their side, Nico top scored with 16 points, Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron with 12, uh, and then six from Mikey and from six from Kais. Uh, four from Moji and four from Keikida. Cool. And I've got um, the stats in front of me now, which is great. I've caught up. I just yeah. need some time. Thank you. Um, Good job, host. Uh, so Mikey being like relatively inefficient, two from 12 for the game, um, which like that was one of our main priorities, like their power side to not give them a lot of breathing room, it's like make Heise's life very hard, make Mikey's life very hard. Mm-hmm. Um and well, combined twelve points for the, for them on not very efficient shooting. Um, Job done. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Can you either make it really efficient, or you could? Can you choke off the amount of attempts, like or inefficient? Sorry, or choke off the amount of attempts. Um, yeah. Cool. Other side of the ball, Matt is with twenty six. Um, Tommy with eleven. Um, Quinton with eight. Uh, you and Rio with seven rio's kind of had a quiet enough start to the year i'm excited for the champions cup quarterfinal game that he goes like 12 from 15 um so am i which will just happen inevitably like there will be oh yeah in one of the two first rounds he is going to have more than 20 points on more than 70 percent shooting and it's like just an inevitability which i love um my theory is, is that he's saving some of his juice for the asia qualifiers and then after that he'll be free to to reign the German league as well. Oh yeah, is that January, right? Yeah, for cool. first couple of weeks of January. 
Nice. Do you have any big games while he's not there? I think we play probably Cologne and Trier without Yannick and Rio. So pretty big. Oh, but... Yeah. Uh, you guys kind of have enough to figure out your way around it. Um, sure. Rose has six. Um, I realized that I was going to nearly just breathe on without mentioning Rose having six, but it would have been fun to do it on purpose, but not by accident. Uh, just completely just censoring talking about Rose. Um, no, we've already mentioned her. All right, so this one I didn't watch because I wasn't going to pay for it. Um, Turingen 84, Iguanas 43. Did you get much of this, Mendel? I saw nothing because I'm not paying either. No, I will pay to watch them play you, Hanover, or Wiesbaden. Sorry, Lucas. Um, but yeah, also, if you paid for this and it was 40, you'd have been a bit upset. And this was going to be a 40-point game. But yeah, um, let's just rattle through the stats of this one quickly and get out of here. Uh, wow, Haluski with 25, uh, Jordi Ruiz with 24. Um, Those two would have won the game. Oh yeah, that would have. Yeah, what? Why did everyone else bother? Uh, Hubert Hager with eight, uh, Jens Albrecht and our son uh, Ari both with six. Uh, oh, Joachim Linden with eight too. Sorry, and Carlos Bodniaks who's back uh, with seven. Also, looking at this, they had Mary Gear when he played fifteen minutes, so that means they went like mids and just, just beat the brakes off them for like 30 for, for 25 minutes of this game which is rude um i love it um but yeah they just don't they, they don't have brakes um they're just all accelerated uh other side of the ball uh kit lang with 14 gabriel Robel with 10 florian mack with eight uh oh lucas with nine doing these out of order that's upsetting and dominic langer with two yeah they, this is how this is meant to go. Anytime we talk about a game like this, I'm like, yeah, this is this is what should happen. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's let's go. Let's move. Uh, bu, 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 bu. Hanover 87, Trier 55. Two of the more fun up Siri things I'm talking to. Um, that was weird. Uh but yeah, Hanover 87, Trier 55. One of the sort of games I was looking forward to this week that just ended up not really being that interesting, but I don't know. Did you get much of this one? I watched this on the, uh, simultaneously with the, the Greek Super Cup uh, oh. wheelchair basketball. So I, um, I watched it. Say. <laughs> Sick, twisted the, individual. Some some friends of a friend of mine were playing in that game, and uh, so we were watching that. Um. But uh, anyway, so I haven't really. I, I I saw that it was not a close game. Um, Sean had a good game. Uh, Sean Norris with twenty six. Yeah. Um, and Buda with twenty two. Like that would that would that means probably for them that their offense is clicking well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they look pretty good. And I also think there's a thing of like if you keep pass one to eight of eighteen, uh, twenty four points. With like keeping someone at twenty four is a mad thing to say, but keep him below 30 and I think part of it's just like they're pretty well equipped to yeah. match up with him like mids across the board like he's not massive he's obviously he's a high pointer he's not a mid but he's pretty well they're pretty well equipped to do to do that and kind of just have chairs on him constantly and they have size sort of 
across the board in a couple of different lineups as well. Like a lot of teams, they're like, oh, so we have a big lineup, but like they can kind of go three or four different configurations with guys that can stick with them both chair-wise and sort of size. I think yeah, and is... I think as well, like the 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 fact that they have enough mids to make his life hard is very mm -hmm. important. But then like you would think that Cologne would be able to shut him down as well. I, th I think the other element there is some discipline to really know like who, who are you playing and how do you stop Dirk? Like he is, you, you need some, you need you need a well drilled team to really don't give him anything. And Cologne definitely was less successful. And now Hanover showed that, yeah, if you if you have the mids and you have the discipline, it's it's really you yeah. can make his life hard and his teammates' life hard too. Yeah, there's a really funny like every so often you see like the better teams do this where like they'll be pressing or they'll just like jump him in the halfway line because it's what you're meant to do. Um, and where the ball goes past them, where most teams playing against most other teams would kind of just collapse and fall to the level of the ball. There's just a little recognition in the good teams of like, ah, if I can stay on his foot plate, even if the play goes by me, I'm completely fine with it. Like you've seen teams double team him and stuff this year already, but it's funny to see certain teams be like, you guys can figure it out. Like I'm, I'm doing my job. If I'm on this guy's footplate 40 feet from the basket, even if that's not technically what we're, that's not our coverage. It is today, but yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. First big, big Sean Norris game this this year that I can remember statistically. Definitely. Um, so yeah, good to see. Um, but yeah, run through the stats of this one quickly. Sean North with 26, Alexander Blue with 22, as you have previously said. Tom McHugh and Jan Gans both with 10, Jan Sadler with 9, CJ McCarthy 6, and Jan Haller 4. You haven't missed anyone. Other side of the ball, pass one, 24. Yeah, if the general general rule, if pass one, it doesn't top score the game, probably in some trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Corey Rossi with six, Natalie Pass one with nine, um, Patrick Dorner with four, Walter Vlanderen with two, and Sylvia Van Hees with two. Am I missing anyone? No. Cool. It was exciting to see Dirk, like, see Trio play with like actual, like, good lineups with uh, three women on the court with the yeah. lineups with Miller. Uh, Natalie Passon and then uh, either um, yeah probably Lisa Bergenthal most of the time yeah. thought it was fun oh yeah for sure and there was a point where because I kind of forgot that Miller had gone there there was a point where it was like if they really really made Passon give up the ball I think there's a load of guys that play there at club level who are just like they never have to be the number one creator so they don't really like it's it's, it's asking a lot and then you throw it to Miller, who's just had a full national team career with being the absolute business. And it was yeah, fun yeah. to watch her be like, yep, yeah, fine, cool. I'll I'll take it for a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't enough in the end, obviously, against a really good team. So cool. Um, two games left. Oh, we must obviously point out the fact that uh, Sky Williams and Cologne didn't have any stats. So we'll do the next one first, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. I actually have more thoughts on um, Cologne. The, the game that doesn't have stats than I do about this one. Zvikau, 48. Munsterland, 62. Um, Mendel, do you have anything up, up, about any mini Mendels that play for Zvikau? Or... 
And I actually any, watched any chair setup similarities. Um, yeah, I watched the first half of this game, I must say, this morning, because we're also playing Winsolant this, this weekend, and I wanted to, well, try to make you happy by watching some games. Thanks, man. Um, and it is one like, one interesting thing is that Munsalan plays so heavily on post-ups. Like just their four, the first three shots were the exact same shot by different players posting up Hannah Dot on the baseline. Like yeah. three in a row, missed all three. Yeah, um, it's very like just, they're like, we like this shot. It's pretty good. We'll settle for it. And you're like, yeah, but you can go back there in like 15 seconds. Where do you land yeah. on that? Say like. I've heard coaches be like, it's a good look. I don't care if it's this early in the shot clock. This is a good look. Take it. And then the other side of it is like, yeah, but you can also go back there. Like you can try and find something else. I don't know. We can. I had this. I had similar thoughts when I was watching the Cologne Frankfurt game about like how, like the differences between creating offense from a pick and roll situation or from a post up situation, and just the the spaces that open up. Are, are quite different and i think with the with the post-ups they're harder to to really take advantage of the of the advantages you you create um than with a pick and roll and an actual pick and playing five on four for a little bit yeah um, you're drawing you're drawing help from one spot away rather than two spots away most of the time in a post-up aren't you yeah i think so and then the shooter is already closer to the basket so there's less space to work with uh probably um so yeah, I think I think you make things a little bit easier on a defense uh, by taking and going to those post ups so early into offense. But yeah, yeah, no, but they're kind of yeah. I don't know. I I I haven't counted how many pick and rolls those guys have run all year, but it's not many. But like they have guys that like some teams are going to jump Sword Muller, or some teams are going to jump the Lammerings, or like you know they have ways to generate from there. Like they're I don't know if you're that massive, you may as well try and get inside. And like, even if you run a pick and roll and a team defends it quite well, you kind of end up with a short little post up. Yeah. Not, not bad if you thought it was a good idea five seconds ago. Um, but yeah, I just, I think I'm with you there. It's like, you may as well try and go somewhere else because you can always, like even if you have a mismatch on the left baseline, for example, you can throw the ball to the right wing, try and run something there because they can't help after a certain point. And then if they do. Yeah got the look you want but you also might they might leave you and you can go a little bit closer but yeah i don't i know some people are just like there's the advantage just hammer it hammer it but yeah if, it, if it's a high enough percentage you can do that for sure yeah if you miss three at what point do you like we've spoken about this at what point's a good shot not a good shot yeah we've spoken about this <laughs> when i miss five and someone's like it's all right keep shooting you're like well like cool, but also there is a point where it's no longer a good look. Like, and I don't know where that is. I think I actually meant it when I was asking at that point. But um, <laughs> what other um, part of the story of this game, I think, is uh, has to do with the fouls. Um, we have, uh, I think, nine fouls on Munsalan's side and twenty-seven fouls on Zvikau's side, resulting in nine free throws for Zvikau and twenty-seven free throws uh, for for Munsterland and that like for example Julian Lammering had 14 points for the game shooting four from 20 from the court for Oof. being you know pretty inefficient but then like six from 11 free throws anyway um yeah they were fouling um I was I was kind of square there but they were fouling a lot um yeah that's the, the, the guys that's the 
that's one of the James Harden 20 point games on like two from whatever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy can get to 20 anyway because he just gets the line. But yeah, um, I think sometimes I look at this because it happens to us in Bilbao quite a bit where there'll be like a file discrepancy and it's like, yeah, but if we have a file discrepancy against a team that never goes to the basket against us who constantly go to the hoop, it's gonna, and there is also a bit of like certain teams get more whistles and certain teams ask for whistles all the time for sure. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you have a team that play four big and Ilsa, who is also massive. Um, like, I don't know. I, I, when people are, when people complain about a free throw discrepancy, I'm like, okay, let's look at the shot chart. How's the charge circle <laughs> looking? Um, and I don't remember off the top of my head here, but like that kind of. That goes some of the way to just to sort of to explain it. Sometimes I think sometimes it's really bad. Yeah. Well, but I think that's one it's of the just, first things is like where do you where do these teams live? Like, no, for sure. I think it was pretty well. Like, I, I I thought it made sense watching the game, but it was it was frustrating to see because, as you said, like I'm I'm kind of I was hoping Zvika would pull one out here, and uh, since since I'm sympathetic to somebody who plays in a copy of my chair. Um, <laughs> it's so but, funny how everyone just has their guys uh, for different reasons, and one of them is like this yeah. guy my chair. And like Mustafa wasn't shooting very well. Like Stern Miller ends up with seventeen point seven from twenty shooting. Um, Julian Lamering, as we said, four from twenty. Um, but they just kept racking up points by by shooting free throws and yeah. like stop fouling the guys who aren't aren't killing you from the outside. Like yeah, like I I don't know if this would exactly work, but if you look at I don't know, teams shoot 60-something shots per game most of the time, maybe 70, and games go to 60s, 70s, 80s, so point per possession-ish. You have to imagine that is considerably higher than a point per possession when teams get layups, and probably a little bit higher when, like, 1.2-ish when someone shoots from, like, the free-throw line. Um and gets lower from mid like contested mid rangers like if you figure that out and it's very like it's very moneyball like Houston Rocketsy stuff but there is something in that and i think people lean on the numbers that come from able body basketball and they're not the same in wheelchair basketball because we don't shoot the ball as well from 3 or from the free throw line um we probably shoot a little bit better going to the basket but it's like you played a game and you went all right we're going to play pretty okay defense on all the mid-rangery stuff, but this team doesn't get a layup. We don't send them to the free throw line once and they don't shoot any threes. Like, do teams clear 60? <laughs> Probably. Like, it's the thing if people get to the basket because you don't let the absolute unbelievable mid-range shooters shoot from the mid-range. But like, I don't know. Like, I just, what we talked about earlier with you guys rotating to shooters in Eurogame where it's like, if you just did this for 40 minutes, it would feel like a killer, but you'd be okay. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've, I've, I don't know. There are times where I'm just like, I think it's because we've given up leads and stuff this year. Where I'm like, we didn't give up leads on. We, we, we like we're giving up leads because we're giving them free throws with the the shots, the clock stopped, and we're giving them layups and they're making threes and stuff. And it's like, if you play these three minutes and all they did was shoot mid rangers, would we have been okay? I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. But that's the thing. It's a good way to think about it. Like, do you have the recognition of like? Can you look up at the scoreboard when they're on 20-whatever points and be like, mm, they've had 14 of these from the free-throw line? Probably, it's probably tough to make that. A coach needs to do that. but yeah. And then on top of that, like two of the starters that Vikov fouled out, like both Timu, Partana, and, and Chagger fouled out, and then there's two other players with four. 
Like it's just yeah. making their lives so hard. Uh, the, that's the Bilbao of it all. Um, yeah, yeah. If your two starters are only going to only going to thirty odd minutes, um, yeah. That was this was a tough ask anyway. But also, I say it's a tough ask. Munsterland were maybe the fifth best team in Germany last year, and they certainly don't look like that at the minute this year. No, so I, I was I was rooting for both these teams actually. Like Munsterland deserved some wins early in the season, and that they didn't got, and now well now they got this one at least. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. You want to go uh, through the stats? Yeah, let's rattle through this quickly. So on one side, Bolt, we have Timo Partinen with 16, Maximilian Jagger with 10, um, Mini Mendel, Marek Wazalowski with 7, uh, Stephen Elliott with 5, uh, Daniel, how do you pronounce that name? Uh, Beagle. Oh, you've got different stats to me. Oh, different one. Oh, Daniel Gesha. Yeah, Gesha. Um, with ah, oh, my stats just freaked out. Ah, oh no. Um, Daniel Gesha with three. Thomas so Barnes much. with four. Um, and Adgaras Chapinskas with one. Yeah. Thanks very much. Hannah Dodd with two. According to my stats, it'd be funny if we had different. Yes. I know we have different stats. Yes. open, but it'd be very funny if. We had actual different stats apart from like an assist or a foul here and there. Uh, other side of the ball, Soren Muller, 17. Julian Lammering with 14. Johannes Engst with 15 uh, to do them out of order. God damn it. Um, Whoa. Lammering with 12. Um, Ilza Arts with two. And do you want to take us home with the pronunciation of this name that we give Mark abuse for all the time? Oh, Mark's doing a great job. Joost Morsenkov met two points. Hell yeah. Um, it's funny that I was like, I could say this, but I, 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 want, I want it to be Mark's thing to get wrong. But yeah, all right, cool. And uh, last one that okay. we have any stats for Skywheelers Cologne. First thought I have about this game is if you're going to come out and press a team, I don't know why you're doing it. Wait, are you going to come out and press and you're going to play super aggressive? I don't know why you're doing it with a female one and a big that likes to be under the basket. I'm not saying don't press. I'm not saying don't play that lineup. I'm saying don't press with that lineup. Uh, they came out <laughs> in the second half and pressed with um, a lineup that was um, sort of a little bit more equipped to do it. And it went well. And I'm just like, I just don't. And I think some teams are a bit like, oh, we're playing Team X. We should press. And you're like, okay, but like, should you? Should you press in general? Um, like we've had games for us this year built in Bilbao where we'd be like, we can press this team, and I'm like, I don't know if we're that good at pressing. Yeah, like I don't. We could also just like it was the um Burgos Madrid thing from a couple of weeks ago where Elunian were pressing Burgos for 15 minutes and the game was like tied, and then they just played the same really mobile guys but defended on the three point line, didn't let anyone move and just blew them out, and it's like okay, no, you yeah. A sort of a mobility advantage doesn't need to play out across 90 feet like Agreed. it can I'm not saying don't press slow teams but I'm just like I don't know do you want to go for big female one and press pressing well is really really hard so I wonder what the thought there was yeah, yeah. so high risk low reward I mean high reward sorry it's it's very risky very high reward though but it's like Oh, you better get it right. Like we tried to press 
it was we were without Asier in Vigo and we pressed and it was terrible. Like we were just awful. Mm. Just like this or I think it like has to be organized. Like a lot of teams are like, all right, they're slow, we're gonna press them. And you're like, all right, have we spoken about this all week? Um Yeah. Yeah. Like well, if you look at the best pressing teams in the world, it's like I'm not going club wise, but you go internationally, it's like Japan, USA, GB. It's like most of those it's a fairly organized like flat line five on five or a four and one or a three and a two and whatever, but it's not man to man. Like no crossing over. It's not chaotic. But yeah, this was yeah, so this game this was a two was it sixty eight sixty six in the end? We don't have stats, but it was I think six sixty four maybe. Oh, I thought that was it and then I doubted myself. Um yeah, but, yeah, and the, the good thing was when I saw this game, I was like, "Well, let it not be a bench unit special where the two points, the two point finish is actually the result of like a four or six point comeback of the losing team. It was actually a comeback of the team that won." Yeah, it was a comeback. Uh, it was the um, although it was still a missed layup to tie the game. Um, this is true. But yeah, so by two possessions before that, Robin gets. Um, his hands on a loose ball, throws it ahead to who made the go ahead bucket? Do you happen to remember? Uh, Umut, I think. Uh, Umut Akbay. Yes. Um, you know, when they finally had a mobile lineup on to press. And then there were times where they weren't even pressing, but they were super aggressive, like just half court defense, but they were extending out to like 30 feet. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. This is, this is what you do. But yeah, Robin steals or picks up a loose ball, throws like a hit ahead. Um, there was a bit of a shout for a foul on the play before then on a one-on-one layup. Mm. I think whoever it was kind of spun himself out more than anything yeah. else. Like I, I could see the so whistle, too. but like I've seen it called is not it's a foul, but I've seen it called can extend to everything because it's hard to ref. Um, but yeah, and then they come down the other end. Um, I just. I, I, that's not, it's not a layup. It's not, it's like edge of the key, but like that's a, that's as good a look as you could possibly want. You end up two on one off yeah. one pass off the inbound. Um, yeah, unlucky to not get it to go, but good for Cologne to not blow this one because they, yeah, Cologne had a 10 0 run to win it by two. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, Cologne have had a weird, weird, weird start to the season, like one games that I don't think they should have and lost games that I don't think they should have either. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, good for them to pull this one out because um, we could be just another couple of days into being like, what is going on with that team and why can't they win a basketball game? So yeah, fair play to them for pulling it out. No stats to go through, but I think I saw on Cologne's Instagram that Robin had 16. That's the only stat I have. <laughs> um, God damn, do better, guys. Um, but yeah, no stats. Mendel, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, first of all, who gets the belt? Oh, I have not given this any thought. Um, well, you go, we get Matas or we get the 27-point triple-double by Agustin. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, missing the MVP of the league. Good point. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give it to to my boy Matas. He, he got the belt for killing me in practice all week, and now he actually got it for winning us the game on, on Sunday. So Nice. I like it. Cool. Also, this belt is given out through favoritism and nepotism and I was going to say all the isms. Not all the isms. Some of them are bad. Um, 
<laughs> That's so stupid. All right. So uh, we have a couple of questions that came in here. Uh, first one, would you like them anonymous, anonymously or not? Uh, no, I'd like to know the names of the people who are making my life hard. Okay. Some guy called Ari uh, said, who's going to win Champions League? I don't know if he's talking about football or wheelchair basketball, but because um, if it's football, Champions it's Bayern League. Munich if they're still in. Uh, yeah, they're still in as of beating Manchester United and putting us out last night. Um, Excellent. My our assistant coach Gumeyer was there in Manchester. Ah, uh, big big Bayern guy. Um, I just yeah, I I got my phone out. We were meeting a couple of friends last night. And I got my phone out at two minutes past nine, and then the game started at nine. To be like, I wonder if we're losing yet. Uh, we weren't, but it didn't take long. <laughs> cool actually it did take long it just we needed to win but yeah all right uh and wheelchair basketball wise uh well i hope it's gonna be us um it's gonna be a very very competitive champions League, champions cup this season i think yeah um, do you think to more interesting question than you just voting for yourself because you shouldn't have to um do you think there is going to be any change in the final four I think um, it's a thing I've heard people say, and I'm like, I still don't know. Like, mm. I don't know. No, I, I I would not put my money on that at all. No. no, I think it's more likely that it doesn't happen than it does. Um, yeah, but it would be more fun if it does happen. Yeah, like we're looking. I'm looking at our group for qualifiers, man. It's like us, Galatasaray. Like Galatasaray look great this year. I remember. I remember being in a van on the way to a game and telling uh, Asier of all the people who played for Galatasaray this year and I thought he was going to crash. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? <laughs> but yeah. Because um, there's always a weird thing, isn't there, where it's like the games aren't streamed well enough or aren't easily found and there's always... They're, they're getting better, but there's a thing at the start of every season where it's like you get to like February with whispers about who plays for the good Turkish teams. Like I remember yeah. hearing separate rumours about Osgur and Piat playing for Galatasaray last year. And I was like, oh, I wonder which is right. And they showed up in Bilbao and they were both there. I was like, ah. Yeah. God damn it. But yeah. All right. Uh, Rose Holloman, uh, heard of her, asks, what differences does he feel at Landil uh, compared to other teams? Um, We spoke about this a little bit before we started recording, but like the level of practice is, is really, really Remarkable. Sorry, I'm, I'm cancelling a phone call I'm getting right now. Bye, mom. I'll call you back later. Bye, mom. Tell her mom I said hi. It's a ridiculous thing to say on a podcast, but I mean it. <laughs> so, yeah, like the level of practices, like the way Janet and Goo like, are able to keep our focus and like maintain like very high intensity during practice is really remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Next question. Um, now that you've been in a different league every year for the last four years, what's your favorite and why? Oh, I, I go living be... scenario and then league separately. What what was your favorite place to live? You've got oh, like that was two lovely islands, one weird place in France and a weird place in Germany. Uh the place I lived on Sardinia was wasn't amazing. Grand Canaria wins by a landslide. Uh yeah. Just living on the ocean, subtropical island. Amazing. Nice. Um, and league-wise, yeah, Spain too. Spain, like this, just the like the sheer amount of people from all over the world playing there, um, all different teams being able to give you a hard time over the weekend. Yeah, Spain was was awesome. I thought this question was going to be about whether I add a fifth league after this year, and I'm gonna because 
four years and four leagues in four years it feels like a, a cool streak to keep going. Yeah. Even if you like give it up and you just move home, you should just register and play one game at home and just yeah. say that that's done. Just go back to only friends. Um uh right, next question also from Rose. How is your hair so cool? Well, Rose has been cutting her hair for the last like six weeks and I've been cu- getting compliments left and right. Like before the first quarter ended, two of the Wiesbaden players were like, oh, your haircut's cool. I was like, well, Rose Holliman did it. Yeah, you're like, thanks, we're beating you. <laughs> Stop talking about my hair. Um, oh, that's nice. Congrats, Rose. Um, next question from Quintin. Uh, favorite Yannick story so far? I kind of prompted you on this before, so you had time to think. How did you go? Well, we did something else in between. You prompted you prompted me in uh, this moment, namely recording a podcast. So I did not have lots of time to think. Um, mm, yeah, I can only think of the one story I told you about that I didn't want to share on the podcast. So yeah, that's fine. I maybe it was just I mean, we were driving back from the first away game um, on the team bus. I was sitting next to like Yannick and Rose, and I asked Yannick what his favorite game was like individually for him him playing um and he had a hit an immediate answer and we just watched the game the rest of that bus trip and it was awesome oh nice what was the game bilbao albacetti i think um i'm not sure about the. i think it was albacetti and they won uh yannick hit the game winner so it was cool oh hell yeah um you're gonna have to figure out which game that is and send it to me i'm i've probably seen it but i'd be interested to watch it that's that's a lot of fun all right next question from ayaka uh how good is your german brackets my son said your english was really easy to understand yeah that's good to know um my german is still very very subpar um mainly because i've been working on my master's thesis for the last couple months but now i'm actually handing that in tomorrow congrats and i will getting some german classes after christmas so hopefully better in a couple months Nice. All right. Cool. Um, how similar is it to Dutch? Super similar in like listening. Like there's just sentences you just get from knowing Dutch and sure. that nobody else has any business of getting. Yeah. You couldn't really reverse engineer it into speaking, but you can understand most of it. Cool. Yeah. You really speak Dutch and survive in some conversations, right? There's people that just speak Dutch and clench their jaws together and it kind of sounds German. Um, but I try not to go that way. No, that's that's probably a good idea. All right. And uh, Neil Pratt asks how long it takes to get to venues in the snow in German winter. And if you've ever had any, if you've had any trouble so far. Well, we had the 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 worst or maybe the best draw for the Pokal a couple of weeks ago where we had to go to Tyrol, which is actually not in Germany at all. It's in Austria. Oh, so wow. we were going to Austria for the German Pokal. Um, and it was like snowing so much that in Munich people were told not to leave their houses. Um, but we were driving on our team bus anyway. Um, and we got there on time. We had a good old time. Drove back. Made everything. Everybody was safe. So it was fun. Nice. Hi, Dave. Nailed it. Cool. Uh, no more questions. Excellent. So I will let you go. Thank you very much for pretending to be Mark. Do you want to have a shot at doing a Mark impression before we leave? Uh, I I try to be uh, less controversial than than Mark tries. So, yeah, <laughs> not saying that he is saying that he tries is really funny. Cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, hundred uh, percent. And can I use 
your mother phoning you, you hanging it up, and me talking about it in the soundbite. Yeah, of course. Cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, thanks for being here, Mendel, and thanks everyone else for listening. We should be back. Uh, I I don't know when Mark comes back, but he's been away for about a week now, so probably can't be away for that much longer. Uh, yeah, we'll be back to round up. Is this the last weekend of German games before Christmas? The next weekend is like the coming weekend is the last weekend. Cool. Yes. Sweet. So we'll be last one before Christmas. Talk to you then. Thanks, Mendel. You're the man. Don't eat the yellow snow. I'll try. <laughs>